official podcast of Strandacy. I'm your host, Benny Michelle, alongside, as always, A.B. Sutton. A.B., how are you? Good. I've uh, taken a break from my really busy schedule to, to try to make time for this because, you know, we do it every week like clockwork. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a long week since we last recorded, so uh, it's nice to hear your voice again. Uh, you know, it's early July. I think it's time we preview the 2020 season. Um, but, I, I mean, is it weird now, like being at home recording instead of at work recording? Well, this, this really is, you know, kind of a second job to me. So I, I wouldn't say, you know, homework. I, I, I'm working all the time. Right now I'm working on Thrantasy. So, you know, I love what I do. Well, I, I, I'm, we're very happy to be back. And we thought, seeing as the season potentially is starting pretty soon, we figured uh, now would be a good time to recap last season. Um, I had to open the fantasy website to even remember what happened last season and once i did open it it turns out that uh last year was a very hard-fought season with lots of performances and many points scored and so we figured who better to recap the season than the champion who i recently discovered having opened the season again was our very own Aton bednar so let's welcome Aton to the program Aton, our defending and current champ welcome Thanks so much. It, it means a lot that my victory made such a lasting impression on, on the esteemed co-host of this. It's, it feels really good. The, where does the trophy sit in your place of residence? Well, currently, I've moved it to sit right next to me so that while we're recording this, I can look at it and bask in it and enjoy it. Uh, but it usually sits in my living room right next to my television. Uh, and how does your fiance, which we'll talk about that later also, how does your fiance, uh, how's your fiance adjusted to life with the Fantasy Cup? Um, her, her main reaction was, uh, abject shock at quite how big it was. I think she wasn't anticipating that it would, uh, take up, uh, quite this much space. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, I, when we, when I went to get it from Harold, uh, previous owner, uh, previous champion that's a reminder for Benny who there's no way he remembers that uh Terry that was, was uh, who, that one's unforgettable that, that's, that's true the asterisk season everybody knows that that's true so quasi champion Harold uh had the trophy before me uh Terry was very happy to get it out of her dining room Julie was not was excited that I was a champion you know I think she's a lot of pride in that but not quite as excited for how big this trophy is and having it sit in our apartment. But it turns out nobody ever comes over. So, you know, it's just the three of us here now, me, Julie, and the trophy. Uh, are you are you secretly hoping there is no NFL season? I know three season you keep the trophy an extra year without having to worry about your chances of losing. No, I would I would I plan on winning again this season, so I think I would have the trophy either way. Looking back now at your your draft list here, I mean, by you, I mean the squad of Connor Spursy, Thielen, Hugh Inunua, and the Deep Tate. If I got that right, on the on the um, trophy, we we had a good edit for the trophy. It just says Deep Tate Connor Spursy, so I think that's a nice edit on that. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a mouthful, but it looks like you you drafted both Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. So I think I understand how we got here. We're, you know, were any other uh, 
ancillary pieces even necessary or was that it? Does those two guys just take you all the way? Uh, yeah, basically. I mean, like I, I had a good uh, auction last year. Uh, last year, I'm, I'm, I looked back at the Thranacy chat and I'll quote from AB who for the second year in a row said, Aton has the best team by far. And this year you said, and then everyone else is pretty evenly balanced. Uh, and that follows up 2018 when you said, on re-examination, Aton has the best team and it's not even close. So uh, I had a strong auction. Uh, Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook was like, yeah, I basically just like skated off them. But everyone else was really solid. Like Josh Allen, Carson Wentz were my quarterbacks. They were both, like Josh Allen in particular was really good. Carson Wentz was fine. My wide receivers, like Keenan Allen was fine. Cooper Cup was good. I picked up some like good players. I picked up Devin Singletary at some point when he had some nice weeks. Uh, Marvin... I think I, I actually traded him to you. Oh, yeah. For, for, for some backup piece or something. I think that that's oh, yeah, right. Yeah, the handcuff to Zeke Elliott. Oh, right. I had Tony Pollard on my team for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then late in the season, I got Devontae. I traded Marvin Jones and I can't remember who. Someone else good. But I got Devontae Parker from Stick. And that was uh, that was big down the stretch because I had picked up Ryan Fitzpatrick also. So the two of them together uh, were real nice down the stretch. Yeah, the, that combo just dominated the NFL on that what, last place Dolphins team. But uh, no, seriously, though, Devontae Parker was insane. And there have been people who've been drafting him every year since his rookie year, just saying, this will be the breakout year. And then finally it happens, like, four years later. And now I feel like I feel like the big question this year is, like, is Devontae Parker an actual player or not? So I guess we'll see at the auction what people think. Can, can I just chime in here? Um, you traded – I just checked my email records, and I found the record of the trade. It was Marvin Jones and Debo Samuel. Uh, and Sticks and – Dante Parker and any guesses? Uh, I I think it was Alexander Madison because I had Dalvin Cook. Maybe would you like to sing who it was? What's your name, son? Alexander Madison. Maybe timely. Wait, quick question, Amy. When is uh, Madison coming to Disney Plus? Madison? Oh, <laughs> yep. um, well. I've been enjoying Hamilton. Um, it's been, you know, it's one of my favorite, uh, well, definitely my favorite musical ever, but one of my favorite things ever. Um, but I, I, I eagerly await the sequel. I think it'll, I think it'll be better. A young upstart who takes over the backfield of the Minnesota Vikings, like that, shouts Broadway musical to me. He's, he's still waiting for his moment to shine, but when he gets that shot, you better look out. Yeah. So I had to reactivate the week to check the history because I'm trying to remember eight on Yes. Uh, like I'm trying, I'm literally don't remember a thing. I think I remember barely missing the playoffs, but I have no idea who did, like, who did you beat in the playoffs? Can you take us through this and recap how those went? Uh, I definitely cannot take you through it and recap how those went. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Butch I, was involved at some point. I think right? I beat, I think I beat, Uri in the championship? Does that sound right? No, that doesn't sound right. No. I thought it was Butch, to be honest. Oh, you're right. I think it was Butch. It was was definitely Butch. 
Butch had a good team. No memory of Butch being in the final. Wow. Yeah, he had Lamar Jackson. He had Lamar Jackson, yeah. He did have a good team. And then it looks like, okay, so that was the championship. And then it was, and that wasn't close. You won four points. So I took you one to 111. And then you beat DeAndre the Giant in the second round. By fifty points, that was. Uh, that sounds like an Uri team. Yeah, that's Uri. Yeah. Okay, so I knew I, I knew I played Uri at some point. He was pretty convinced from the second we got matched up that he was going to get destroyed. Oh, I'm looking at Uri's draft, and that's another guy that I got late in the season, Josh Jacobs, who got to my team, who was really good. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah, you made some good moves. Yeah, it was domination from start to finish. There was never really any doubt here. Yeah, I think this that that was. For at least for me, it was my most dominant season in Thranesy. I feel like I had the best team coming out of the auction, and then it got better throughout the season. And I didn't, I didn't have a ton of injuries yeah. to deal with. I remember you, you were leading the power pole, I believe, almost wire to wire. Like every week, you were just in control. Yeah, I think, I think that's probably about right. I, I secretly voted for changes to the power pole to be made to arrange it exactly for me to be able to lead it week by week you know i've tried to do that in the past and i think it backfired (laughs) (laughs) so you know one thing i'm trying to figure out as we think about last year and the changes like are we even we're sitting here july it's early july are we even planning for a a season next year are we gonna do we feel like this is actually a thing that's going to happen in six weeks so I've shared my thoughts on some WhatsApp chat or other. I can't keep track anymore, but I'm strongly in the camp of, and I, and I hope someone uh, either takes the other side or plays devil's advocate, but I'm strongly in the camp of this season's happening. Um, they've been watching what's been going on in baseball and basketball, and these people are all about making money, and they're crunching the numbers and figuring out a way, and they, they have their press release written for the – for the first player who gets Corona, and I don't think anything's going to, you know, put a stop to this money train for them. There might not be fans. I actually, I'd be surprised if there was a single fan in, in any stands this whole season. But for the players to get on the field, to me, it starts and ends with daily testing. Uh, it could be twice daily testing. The money for that is a drop in the bucket compared to what they're going to make this season. And if someone, you know, Take one player out. That's not uncommon in football. Players get injured all the time, and the show must go on. That's that's how I see things. Do you remember the the helmet that Jason yeah. Pierre-Paul used to wear? No. It was it was like a double helmet with like an extra chin thing guard. It was like intimidating as hell. It was this like crazy helmet. And part of me, like, I, I think, I think there's no way they're going to have fans in the stand. Cause I just think like the liability of that is way, way, way too much. But I think we've seen, like, if you're outside and you're wearing a mask or something of some sort, like, like it's, I, I, I think we should be aggressive in those situations. And I agree. Like there's so much money to be made. I think somebody, and I don't know if they're working on this, but they should be working on like, some like baller intimidating AF helmet that also is going to like have like a sewn in mask to it. And I just feel like 
I feel like they're going to try. They're at least going to start the season. Like I think I think they're going to try to do it. I I don't know what happens once one player gets it and then if like 10 players on a team gets it, like how do they play the next game? I guess it's just like next man up NFL style, but I think they're going to try to start the season for sure. Uh I I hear that. I think you're right. I think it's going to I think the for all hell breaking loose after the season starts is astronomical because you could have yeah suddenly I mean we what I mean baseball you in baseball it's a granted it's a you have star players you have star pitchers and you have a guy that if you don't want to lose but you could have a situation where your quarterback and receiver and best and best defensive end suddenly are missing two weeks even though they feel fine because they tested positive. And what does that do to a season when you just are losing time and then it starts spreading? It's just, I don't know. There's just something more in football uh, that more so than in other sports that the idea of just losing a guy for that long and spread over a team could just completely alter a season just like that. I mean, I I kind of hear you, but, but let's play it out. I mean, we've seen, we've seen teams, all those players you named other than the quarterback, we've seen teams lose defensive players or receivers and, you know, they, they've, you know, it's either take them or it's, they've continued without a hitch, but it's definitely not season ending. And, and then the same thing with the quarterback, we've seen quarterbacks go down and, you know, the teams just had to pick it up there and carry on. So now, yeah, this is three or four of those at the same time. It's going to suck for them. And unless your coach is Bill Belichick, you're not going to have a chance that season. But those are the breaks. Um, so multiple breakouts on multiple teams, yes, then I think we're in a whole new territory. But even two or three players on one team, which I don't know, you know, uh, it's, it's certainly possible. I don't know how likely it is. I don't think that'll stop it. Yeah, maybe they'll reschedule that one game for week 17 if it factors, if it factors into the playoffs and they need it. If not, they'll just skip it and, and move on. You, you just made me realize that we're going to have some situation where a player is both in the concussion protocol and the coronavirus protocol. <laughs> and it's going to be like, well, they're out of the coronavirus protocol, but now they have to pass the concussion protocol to be able to get back on the field. Oh, God. Um, the breathing, the breathing thing is, issue, is, is, is interesting because... If you make a, a mask that actually blocks, you know, they, they're breathing so heavy in these games. I, I wouldn't be able to do it, but I wouldn't be able to do any of the things they do. So I could barely breathe when I'm walking around Home Depot in one of those masks. <laughs> uh, I, I was just reading an article here, uh, and Philip Rivers asked this question on a Players Association conference call. If a player tests positive for COVID during Super Bowl week, but is asymptomatic, would he still be required to sit out? Answer, yes. Now, I'm thinking, I don't know who's doing the testing and how, they, I assume it's the team, And but I mean, if you're a player and you're asymptomatic and it's Super Bowl week, I mean, wouldn't you do everything in your power to hide the fact that you're positive? Like, wouldn't you do everything to just, you know, bury it so you could just get, get through the Super Bowl and move on? I mean, this is, this is that would be nuts. You're, you feel fine, you're ready to go, and, but no, you are positive for coronavirus, so you can't play in the Super Bowl. I mean... They'd be crazy to play. It's it's 
it's yeah, you, you play through injuries sometimes, but you don't play through risking your entire team getting corona. Yeah, <laughs> people understand it's contagious. Uh, you say that now, but like I, I was just talking to someone um, here in Boca, and as you know, the Florida numbers are spiking right now. And somebody was asking, uh, somebody was asking somebody else, oh, you know, I I know my my um, my wife is, has some very light symptoms, like she lost smell, but. Uh, I think she's fine. Like we're, we're, you know, we're still going out. Like, no, are you crazy? Like, why are you going out? It, she, she lost, she, you don't just suddenly lose a sense of smell. Like, it's, 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 so you say that, like, oh, people, people know better. They're responsible. Like, when, when there's a no, lot of, there also has to be some contractual backlash that's going to happen to them if they somehow fake this corona test. Like, it's not just going to be like, oh yeah, that was cool. Like, if they get caught doing this, they're going to be like suspended. You know, for for a number of games, I'd have to imagine. It's got to be at least as bad as deflating a football, you would think. <laughs> right. You deflated someone's lungs, so. <laughs> uh, so that, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that it's certainly a many question marks and uh, many question marks for the NFL season and We'll come back. We'll talk about some of the question marks for the fantasy season, uh, all that and more. But first, a word from our sponsor. Men, are you worried about your performance? You know, down there. It's something we all go through. One day you wake up and down there in the app on your phone, you just can't score as many fantasy points as you used to. Let's face it. Most fantasy teams aren't designed for you. They're made for the first rounders, the breakouts, and the sleepers. Not the people who need to go to sleep by 6 p.m. so their high ankle sprain will heal in time for week four. Assisted living at Uri Burger's home for the aged football player is different. When you live at Uri Burger's home for the aged football player, you get the care you need and the starting spot you deserve. No questions asked. If you're a future Hall of Famer and a past star, you're currently right for Uri Burger's home for the aged football player. Take it from me, once and future member of Uri's team, Larry Fitzgerald. If it feels like your future in fantasy football is in shambles, Uri Burger's home for the aged football player may be right for you. Uri Burger's home for the aged football player is a tier one facility. Roster spots have the ability to be revoked if Uri Burger decides something about your personality that makes him think you're somehow a bad locker room guy, or if you quote Hitler on social media. Please be a fan of Daniel Bryan. And we thank uh, we thank the Uri Burger Home for the Aged Football Players for generous sponsorship. Uh, and that that is a huge question. And what if it's a fake Hitler quote? Does that make it better or worse? I think in the in the eyes of uh, if I understood Larry Fitzgerald correctly, in the eyes of the Uri Burger uh, Home for the Aged Football Player, I feel like fake or real Hitler. I, I think there's no place for you there. I, I do wonder if we will. Well, I guess it's a good segue. Will will we see if, if we see a football season? I guess that means we see a fantasy season. But what does a Corona fantasy season look like, both for draft auction night and for well, I don't say draft auction night and what will you do or what are fantasy league generally going to be doing about all this Corona potential uh, injured list or missing games and how that's going to work with various fantasy teams? I, I've not thought about it at all, so I'm curious where, where you guys are. 
Well, I'm sure I'm sure the uh, the commissioner's office has you know contingencies in place and contingencies to those contingencies, and they they've worked out all the various scenarios and they're ready for anything. Um, you know, my faith in the Thrantasy commissioner hasn't wavered, and I think we're probably prepared. Isn't that right, Commissioner Benny? <laughs> I have taken a step back in terms of planning the in-person auction, so I have no idea what protocols could be in place for a socially distanced, uh, corona-responsible auction. I leave that to the people who would be doing it in person. But from a season standpoint, I I certainly promise to at least check uh, one Matthew Berry column and one CBS Sports column to see what other leagues are doing, and then uh, trying to follow some sort of uh, good advice generally. Um, well, I'm sure you remember that we've, we've in fact done a socially distant auction before. Oh yeah, um, good point. And that went off without a hitch, except for the one hitch of one of the, one of the guests on this podcast being extremely drunk or something. <laughs> maybe, maybe we can get an oral history of that night from, from the time. Who named the hurricane? If, if you uh, think, Irene. if you think I, I can... Irene. If you think I can remember that night well enough to give an oral history of that night, you don't understand what happened that night. I don't understand what happened that night. I, I have no idea what happened that night. Uh, I, I can commit now to not being as blackout drunk for this year's socially distant auction as I was for the socially distant auction of Hurricane Past. That's a promise in, in I can make to you. Though, there's, there's no chance at this point in your minds of a of an in-person auction, right? I mean, I don't see it happening. I think, I actually think we could do it. I think we could do it in someone's yeah. backyard. I think it would have to be daytime because I think it would be too loud at night. But like if, if we did your backyard or Amir's backyard and we could all reach the Wi-Fi, I think we could all sit separately. Like, I, I feel like there is a way to do it. Actually, that sounds doable. I mean, I didn't think about doors. Is there, I mean... Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi can start... Maybe we could chip in and buy an extender. Maybe we could chip in and buy an extender. I bought an extender for my apartment because I'm, you know, I'm like in my like back room for work, and I wanted a stronger Wi-Fi. It wasn't that expensive on Amazon. Maybe we could do that for someone's backyard. Yeah, I'm actually planning on buying something like because like like I, I I lose connection on like my work, my daily work or daily or weekly work Zoom calls. <laughs> every now and then and it's just not working out and I need I need an extender anyway so I might I might be investing in something like that shortly all right we'll we'll look to the, the commissioner's office to figure out what the uh, protocols are of course and um, if somebody tests positive even if it's the week even if they're asymptomatic Philip Rivers rules will be in effect but I think it is possible we could we could do this socially distant yeah what what happens if an owner tests positive during the season? Uh, life goes on. I mean, are, are we hospitalized? <laughs> like, uh... I'm just, I'm just saying, we have to have all contingencies planned for, um, including what happens if the season just sort of shuts down in the middle. I mean, do you, I mean, that, that there's an interesting question, right? Let's say the season shuts down, just totally shuts down after week nine. Do we crown a champion based on who's leading the power pool then, and I mean, or do we just say no, the season's over, it didn't happen? 
I think we'd probably get to get skates on to discuss the the effects on the you know uh, lifetime threats statistics and whether these should count or if they don't count. He should probably weigh in on that. As far as the money, I, I think it's just money back at that point. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of what are you talking? I'm not excited about the idea of giving up my trophy for someone who happens to be leading at week nine. Like that, that, that does not get me in the right spot. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, these are these are questions that we have to think about. There, there needs to be a plan for what happens if it's canceled, if it's postponed, and just. I mean, I have no idea how. I mean, you see what basketball did, and they just sort of took a couple months off and then threw this sort of end of season plan together. I, I don't know how football can do something like that with what they need, but uh, who knows? There's just so many, uh, so many different unprecedented potential contingencies and scenarios that we may just have to be constantly taking votes. I'm looking forward to the endless number of votes that are going to take place during this season. It's going to be... Rest assured, 18 of of Butch's 26 role proposals for this year will deal with Corona in some form or other. I I was just going to say, a a Butch thing, but I do do think he has mentioned this, and I think... I, I shudder to say, but I think Butch is right that we'll 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 need to add like the way we've had IR spots in the past. I feel like you'll need to have unlimited coronavirus spots. I mean, what does that mean? Does that just mean a bigger bench, or I mean, what does that mean? Yeah, like if if one of your players tests positive for coronavirus and is out, I feel like they go to an an IR coronavirus spot on your bench, and you can pick up someone else. Uh. Okay, we're, we're starting to work out some of the plans right now. Wait, why aren't we treating it like any other injury? Because it's not like any other injury, and because, like, we don't know if, like, six players all get it at the same... Like, it's, it's not the same as any other injury. Like, it's 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 different. Well, I mean, it's different in real life, but in terms of football, to, to miss a week or two, which is probably what we're dealing with, is, is very common, and... Uh, yeah, even if five people, if there's a breakout on one team, they're probably going to be on five different fantasy teams and everyone's going to get hit just like they would normally get hit. Well, what happens if it like really goes around the league? Okay, okay, yeah, I hear that. Like, I, I, feel, like, I feel like we can build in a coronavirus contingency plan. I feel like <laughs> that, that's doable from a roster building perspective. All right, so send in the proposal. With, with that, uh, uh, Bimmy, are, are the um, is the period for rule change proposals officially going to be open? I mean, July seems like a perfect time for it. I think as of the publication and distribution of this fantasy cast, uh, as soon as whoever hears this, uh, they can start submitting rule proposals. So I think once once this is published and distributed, that's probably a good uh, time to start the clock on that. And then we can start looking at Availability dates, which is great because this is usually a time where everybody's making plans for like weddings and travel. And now we could probably be, well, I shouldn't say that because I do have a niece getting married in New York in a couple of weeks. So that is a thing that's happening. Uh, And in fact, we're going to talk about somebody else getting married in New York, New Jersey in a couple of weeks also uh, in a moment. But uh, yeah, I mean, once we get that started, we will talk about availability dates and rule proposals and pretend like none of this is happening. We just go on with our season uh, the way we have for the last 13, 14 years. Um, but on that note, speaking of planning things over the summer that have been unfortunately impacted by Corona, uh, our bachelor here is no longer a bachelor and he is getting married. Uh, when is the date? I have not heard the date. 
Uh, I'm getting married Sunday of Labor Day weekend, September 6th. Okay, so can we just agree to do the draft at, or maybe leading up to, like, the morning of the wedding? Or, like, the, I mean, we could we could do this in conjunction with the wedding? Well, okay, yeah. So one of the interesting things about doing a wedding in the middle of a global pandemic is uh, you lose out on some things. So, for example, we're not having any group dancing during the wedding. And I, I do think it would be nice to replace that with, like, something else that is a good program. And I think that my family and Julie's family would really enjoy sitting and watching me do the auction with everybody. I mean, there's food. There's already food. There's... Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense. Let's put it out there and see if other people are available that day. Um, Listen, it's, it's your day. So if that's what you want, then that's what you get. You don't say no to the groom. That's what was famously true about weddings. <laughs> I, I do, I do know that um, patches are playing a role in the ceremony. Everybody has a, a, has a patch. So was that patch idea, which is an inspired idea, was it inspired by the uh, sweatshirt patches? Of course, I, I think our entire wedding was really shaped around things that are true from fantasy football and from the fantasy league. So, like, for example, um, at any moment in the wedding, Julie can trade me for anyone else, like, from another bride. So that's that's always available, um, which I think is great. Um, we're going to have some free agents that can be picked up um, and used at any point in the wedding, which is cool. Um, we will have a trophy. I mean, traditionally, people give each, like, the, you know, groom gives the bride a, a ring in an Orthodox ceremony, we're going to do it with a trophy. I'll, I'll probably be using the Theranasi trophy, I think as, as my item. And, um, and, and what are the, what are the various metrics that will determine if you or Julie is ahead of in the power pole? Yeah. At so, any given moment during the wedding? so to be clear, the wedding is that is a competition between, between Julie and me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I think like, one of the things we're looking at is tear shed on both sides. So that's going to be like total tear shed. And it, it will also be like the delta of tear shed. So it's not just like who wins, but it'll be like by how much I think matters a lot there. Um, that'll be a big one. And then uh, food consumed is, a, is another big piece. <laughs> I think you have a little bit of an edge there. <laughs> um, Here's an important one. Will Butch be watching the spreadsheet to make sure that everything is above board? I have a feeling that, like, at some point, Butch is just going to, like, intuit somewhere, wherever he is, that we were somehow at the wrong number of blessings under the under the chuppah. And I, I know our audience is really wondering, one thing's on their mind, or on some of their minds in particular, is why why were why was I invited and Uri wasn't? I mean, I'm sure you've you've you broached this with him like delicately, but like what did you ultimately tell him? Um Uri's not gonna Uri's not gonna listen to this, right? No, no, absolutely not. Uh I I ended up having to tell Uri the wrong date and location. <laughs> <laughs> it was really my my only way to keep him at bay at all. Uh, where is the location, by the way? 
the location is uh, Maranac, New York, in my fiance parents' backyard. We're doing a backyard wedding. That sounds lovely. I think it's going to be I, I really lovely. I think it will be lovely. Mamaronek is lovely in September. Uh, it's, it's well known. Um, I, I certainly, uh, the, the idea of being surrounded by the people you love most uh, on a very special day is something that we can all uh, be excited about. And we are excited to participate, uh, at least in my case. I mean, I know maybe you'll be there, but uh, I'm excited to participate from afar. Um, yeah, I will, I will say unabashedly that, I mean, it's, I'm very excited to get married. It is sad not to be able to have, you know, my Thranacy community and all of my other friends, uh, lesser non-Thranacy friends there with me. Um, but, you know, uh, I'm glad we figured out a way for people to participate. I'm... We're still figuring out, like, I'm sure we're going to end up doing, like, a Zoom thing. It's it's kind of not going to be a great thing to watch, I think, because it's not, like, designed for Zoom. You're just going to be watching people from a distance, but maybe people want to do it. We kicked around some other ideas. Like, we, we might do, like, a, hey, here's a cocktail recipe that's simple that you can pour yourself if you want to, like, have a drink with us. So maybe maybe something like that. Um, we'll keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, you or will you be live tweeting the proceedings as uh, perhaps uh, a, a stipulation in your employment agreement? Yeah, I am contractually obliged to live tweet all big life events. That's um, that's a sacrifice I had to make when I when I signed um, my life, my wedding, and I have to donate the plasma of my firstborn child to Twitter. I don't know what that's about exactly, but you know, happy to do it. You know, I'm remembering, is it you? Uh, when Amir got married, he had somebody sending text messages from his phone during the chuppah. That sounds right. It I is. don't remember who was doing the texting. It is correct. I'm not, I actually don't remember if it's, I know who it was, but I don't remember if it's public knowledge. So I will just say oh, I, I can. I feel like he's told me in the past, I just forgot. Like I definitely knew it was, obviously he was getting texts during the chuppah. I'm pretty sure it was Timmy Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, it's Timmy Schmidt. <laughs> he's he's doing his kind of antics. <laughs> Somehow that wedding was now 13 years ago. It's really crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, gosh. It was, here, it was, if I, if I remember correctly, it was 13 years ago, which was, um, also exactly when the city first shut down because of the pandemic. Yes. It was right around that time. Uh, and yet I'm told that throughout that time, Orly's, Orly's eardrums are somehow still intact. I feel terrible for everyone. Anyone who doesn't know AB and Amir live like two blocks from each other. And I just imagine all the houses in between must be. <laughs> you know, they, they turn over quickly for some reason. They're <laughs> <in the market. laughs> By the way, speaking of like things that don't, may not feel like a long time ago, my brother just sent me this. What 
sports event happened 10 years ago and today and what sports event happened 20 years ago today? Mm. So 10 years ago today was the decision. Yes. And 20 and 20 years ago today was Roger Clemens hitting Mike Piazza in the head. Wow. Oh, wow. That's an eventful day. It yeah. it turns out uh we are old. <laughs> you know, it might be time for one, two or even three of us to look into assisted living at Uri Burger's home for the aged football player. Uh, did they have to pay extra for that extra plug or that was just on the house you know what like when we have a sponsor for the show I know it's not my show but I just feel like we should we should get their backs yeah yeah well on that note we thank the, our sponsor again and uh, I guess uh, we wrap this up we thank Aton for coming on to uh, bask in the glory of his 2019 championship and uh, past excitement of the championship, future excitement of the wedding, and a possible season ahead. Uh, we wish you the best of luck both on the season and on the marriage and life. Thank you. I um, I think, like Theranacy, marriage is about um, preparation, a little bit of luck, and uh, trash talk when you can. I like it. Abby, any final thoughts tonight? I can't top those pearls of wisdom from Aton. Those are life lessons that all our, our listeners should take to heart. Well, we thank Aton for coming on again, wishing him the best of luck with everything. Uh, that'll do it for this round of Fantasy Cast. We'll see you, of course, very soon. And uh, you can check us out on Twitter at FantasyCast. Of course, you can like this episode somewhere on the internet or read it somewhere else on the internet. I'm not really sure exactly how that works. But uh, please join us again as we get ready for a big 2020 season that may or may not happen. Uh, as always, maybe we'll see you soon. <laughs>